HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, makers of specialty cheese from Switzerland, crafted with heart and passion. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. That's E-M-M-I-U-S-A.com. You are listening to Item 13, an African food podcast, and I'm your host, Yom Akuaku. This season, we are showcasing stories from the inaugural class of Changing Narratives Africa Fellowship, a highly selective program for African food entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their brands into global markets. The organization's vision is to see proudly African food and beverage brands on the shelves of all the major grocery chains and e-commerce sites in the world because they are high quality, healthy, and taste good. Here's this week's conversation. So welcome to another episode of Item 13. I am honored to have in this, I'm going to say in the studio, but yeah, in my home studio. <laughs> and um one of our changing narratives, changing narratives Africa fellows, Ebun Feludu. This is me practicing my Nigerian names. Um, well so done, sorry. well done. I'm sorry. Ebun Feludu. Ebun Feludu, yes. yes. Um, I'm actually really excited to, to talk to you about your story in particular, just based on um, what I've read. Um, very impressive background which is not surprising for all of the fellows that um, I'm talking to, but one welcome, first welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And one, I appreciate you joining me late on a Friday in, in Nigeria, in, in Ibadan in particular. And um, secondly, I wanted to kick off with your story. So I wanted to start off with who are you, like what's your background in terms of where you grew up, your, your your educational and even professional background and how you landed in generally, broadly speaking, in the food space. Mm, Okay. So, um, yes, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm really excited uh, about the Changing Narratives Fellowship and this uh, chat. I grew up in Ibarra, which is the city where I am right at this moment. I'm here at the moment because uh, my kids go to school in Ibarra. So oh. I kind of shuttle in between Lagos and Ibadan. My factories obviously are, um, and my home, they're all in, in Lagos. But we still kind of shuttle back and forth mm-hmm. uh, from here. So I grew up here um, in the city surrounded by seven hills, as they call it. 
And I'm also from here. I'm a daughter of the soil, as they say. Mm. Um, and I'm very proudly Ibadan, very, very proud of <laughs> And I, I think the way they put Ibadan in perspective for maybe like the US audience is like New York, New Jersey. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, so Ibadan probably will be like your New Jersey and Lagos will be like your New York. <laughs> and they're exactly that sort of distance apart, about an hour apart. Mm. Um, you can get on a train and, you know, now, because uh, since last year, there's this train now that connects the two cities. Um, there's, a, there's the expressway. It's just an hour away. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of educational institutions in Ibadan. So I grew up... Um, sort of going to UI to um, Trenchadol for concerts and plays, you know, mm -hmm. and things like that. And that, that's sort of how I grew up. And then my mother studied ag agriculture. So she always had our hands, all of us oh, um, in soil, picking out the weeds. And if you know Ibadan, Ibadan is a place where you have space, right? Um, it's not as much a concrete jungle like Lagos <laughs> or New York is. Yeah. Um, so in, in any home, you would find a lot of like yard space and all of that. And so the, the options were either grass or, you know, concrete. And many for many people, um, it was grass or lawns and stuff like that. But my mom had us tending to these things. And that was, I guess, maybe my first um, exposure mm -hmm. to greens. And then my grandfather, um, whom I never met, actually, my paternal grandfather was mm. um, a very famous cocoa merchant. Oh, um, okay. In the, south, in the Southwest. Yeah. Uh, my father was nothing like that. He was very sort of academic, corporate guy, <laughs> you know, engineering. Opposite, yeah. So, probably opposite. And probably so wanted to go far away from his Yeah. His so the great bug kind of skipped a generation on my, <laughs> on my paternal side. Um, but I love greens. I love, like, if you come to my home, I love flowers. I love yeah. gardening. I have like my herb gardens. I have my, you know, my flowers. Um, and I always say to people, I love the idea of putting a little thing into something and seeing it, you know, sort of become this big thing. Um, and I guess that's why I love manufacturing um, <laughs> as well. But before I started, you know, processing coconuts or, or cracking coconuts, my background was actually media. Oh, so when I finished from university, I worked, you know, with a, with a number of media companies and then I set up my own media company. Then only six years ago did I actually start to channel my love for agro-processing into um, um, Jam, the Coconut Food Company. So yeah, that's a bit of a sort of Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting as you explain like growing up in Ibadan and... Um, having your hands so to speak in, in in the soil if you will like it evoked for me um growing up in Accra even which is, is which is also a concrete jungle <laughs> of its <laughs> own but I remember just growing up I feel like we had we also had more space and mm. I just remember like being a kid running around the neighborhood like we went especially when we had what we called our long back long vacation the kids in the neighborhood we would plant like vegetables and like we would cook we would make little fires with like stones wow. and sticks and try to yeah it's just and you know like we would go around and pick fruits from like I I remember how how green it was like as you were talking it just took me back to to childhood and how I think now um 
I'm, I'm hoping to take my daughter to Ghana for the first time this year. And I, I think about how Accra will just look different, you know, from, mm. from the perspective of what she, she would experience, I right. suppose. You know, like right. I just, yeah, but interesting times. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's just a really interesting background. So you sort of have that in your family lineage, if you will. And then yeah. you decided to start Jam, the Coconut Food Company. My first question for you, which... I guess a train, like I was really kind there of- There is running. a train going by. I was just about to tell you. Um, so <laughs> our train system, let's just give it a few minutes. It'll come through. Oh, okay. Um, my my home is very close to uh, the a train track, Yeah. Uh, which awesome. is kind of hard to imagine in, in Ibadan. <laughs> <my Ibadan. laughs> this is one of the sounds we hear, especially at this time of the day. That's okay. Um, one, of, one, of, one of my favorite podcasts, um, the host interviews, um, she, she interviews from LA, but she also lives just next to a lot of activities. So sometimes like she'll post her, her, her show and she's like, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to hear this. I know. <laughs> this, is, this is just how it's going to be. So, so I understand. Um, yeah. Um, it sounds like the train is gone, so we can... Yeah, it okay. has. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I wanted to talk about Jam, the coconut food company. And my first question to you is, like, why Jam? Because I remember when I saw it the first time, I thought, wait, is this a, a jam company that makes, co- like, that makes coconut jam? And so, I was, like, my, <laughs> my instinct was, like, why Jam? I, I, my guess would be that it's an acronym for something. Absolutely. But... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, yeah. You know what is so funny? You know what is so funny? When I was growing up, my mother had a company that had this sort of acronym thing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, please, can you not come up with something a bit more clever? <laughs> you know, like, well, why does it have to be acronyms? And here I am, you know, one generation <laughs> later doing the very same thing. So what actually very specifically, um, I, I've I've set up and run you know many different companies, mm. but I turned 40 and I wanted to build a legacy business. Mm. And I just sort of had my children in mind, something that I could sort of leave for them, yeah. something that would be here for all time. Um so yes, it is an acronym of my children's names. And oh. um it's almost like a gift to them, really. Um, this company and oh, that so, is so the, special. yeah because <laughs> I feel like all my other businesses were like lifestyle businesses mm. you know but with this one uh, my approach has been sort of building something that I I desire that will be here in the next hundred years so my approach was completely different yeah. very long term very mm-hmm. legacy um, focused you know um, and, and all of that so so yeah, that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's interesting. That's where jam come, come, <laughs> comes jam from. Person. Cool. Uh, but but we are an integrated coconut processing company, and as a coconut company, there's so many things that we're able to create. We just kind of, kind of take our time and start, you know, to layer one after the other. We started with coconut milk. No, actually, let me dial back. We started with a coconut uh, banana loaf, which my oh. kids actually used to sell at kids fairs and sell out. It was like a famous recipe we had and they just used to take it and sell it out. And then we moved on from there to coconut milk because I was so lactose intolerant. I I had to kind of switch to to coconut milk. And then we went on to coconut oil and basically started adding um, product after product. So now our offerings 
are go from foods mm -hmm. to personal care to living products like bowls made from coconut shells oh, or nice. activated charcoal yeah. or um, cocoa peats made from um, from the the husks. So so yeah. Oh, interesting. So I think so. I was going to ask you what you mean by integrated co coconut processing company, and that's exactly what you mean. That like all parts of the coconut then are used for different. Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. That's awesome. And then in terms of just um, from ideation to like your first client, so I want to connect the dots for people. So if someone someone sitting in New Jersey, <laughs> for example, and is listening to you, like. A child of Iwada who has found themselves in New Jersey um, and is thinking about, you know, an idea they have, whether they're going to do something related to the continent or not. Um, how do you go from this idea of like, I want to do something with coconut or like, I want to do something that's a legacy business. And, you know, the idea is coconut processing across the, the value chain. How did you go from that to getting your first client, for example? Uh, then maybe also funding funding a little bit, although that will be different depending on which part of the world you're in. But we can, yeah. we can touch on that a little bit too. Okay. Well, I mean, we can talk about funding a little later, but it was bootstrapping for a long mm. time and maybe taking money from my media company and pouring it into <laughs> Oh, I see. One. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, loans and, you know, eventually loans and then grants and then, you know, all of these other things. Okay. But, you know, but for, you know, I feel that when you start a business, the posture with which you start the business is mm -hmm. really important. And so even though we're this completely unknown company, I've always been big on capturing the vision into a brand. So, we were able to kind of deliver a strong brand from the from day one. So one of our first partners was a really big coffee chain, um, um, coffee store, basically, and they had a chain across Lagos, and they're called Neo Cafe. Oh and yeah, I know Neo Cafe. You know them, yeah. I've been to, so, yeah, I've been to one yeah. of the uh, places in Lagos, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have coffee with coconut milk and it's just absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. um, and I basically said to them, you know, like, I feel that you must have customers who are lactose intolerant. I'm not the only one in Lagos who's mm -hmm. lactose intolerant. Yeah. And they go, yes, 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 yes. And that's how we started. That was like a very big, um, you know, maybe in the eyes of other businesses, small, but for us, it was really big to, to have that brand partnership yeah. in the very early days you know, of the business. And uh, so, yeah, so that, that happened. And then we, then we rolled out the, you know, we, yeah. we said, okay, what other products can we create out of this? Oh, in addition to that, I am, um, because of my media company, my media company had a partnership with the women economic forum with headquarters. In oh, Nigeria. I see. And oh, had, wow. Had, okay. Yeah. They had <laughs> said to me, Oh, it won't bring the Nigerian women for this conference. And and I've been doing conferences at that point for maybe about 20 years. And I said mm. to them, I'd love to, you know, but I'm kind of up to my ears at conferences. This is what I'd really like. I'd really like to have an immersion um, sort of time in, in the south of India across the value chain of coconut processing. Um, can you hook that up for me? And they said, sure. So oh. it turned out the family, yeah, the family that organizes the Women Economic Forum, they also own universities in, in India. And so they had a, a university in, in Kerala 
And um, basically they hosted me there after the conference. They had a car and driver for me and they had set up all of these different factories for me to work in. Um, so they'll wow, come 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that for me, it's such an early, big gift, very yeah. early in the game. So they would send a driver for me early in the morning in my hotel room. We would drive hours and hours and go to this organic farm or this organic processor or this university that studies like different species of seedlings. And so I did that and then came back and my vision was just so much bigger. Um, Shortly after that, we got an order from the biggest pharmacy chain in Nigeria, Health Plus. And then it was just just sort of one. Just off to the um, recess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, after the other, it was a lot of hard work. Don't get me wrong. It sounds glamorous. I remember a neighbor of mine, you know, she once saw me making the coconut milk myself mm-hmm. and she thought, why are you, she said to me, why are you putting yourself through so much torture? And in my heart, I really laughed like, if only you saw what, what I was seeing, you know, um, this is nothing <laughs> compared to yeah. where I'm going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, incredible. So- I, and I think about like all of the, I don't know if it was even in Didi who mentioned this, but just how, um, yeah, and depending on, you know, sort of your viewer, um, your faith background, right? Like how when you put stuff into the universe or you, you have that intention, um, how sometimes all of the, 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 the dots start to align, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's up to you. And, and actually, as you were talking, sometimes it's like whether you know whether it's a god-given like thing that you need to put out in the world or however you you see it i think sometimes people just don't don't um grab onto it and take that first step right because i think that that courage in taking that first step for you and i'm sure you also have because of your experience you know before in in putting out other businesses but i think for for those who are listening for the you know trying to do that first time thing and from my own experience, it's that ability to take the, the first step, to, to just do it, so to speak, that mm-hmm. you will start to see the other things that could potentially align that you couldn't see before. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I've just found that in different spheres of life. And so that's interesting how, like, you know, once you... And I don't want to under, I don't want to underscore, like, obviously, like, you know, with, with wealth and everything else, like, all of the support you got and obviously hard work you put into it but you took advantage of there's something about there's a quote about how opportunity and what is it there's something about lack and hard work Opp- and like oppor- how, opportunity favors the brave or yes, some, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's not just lack but you also opportunity have favors the prepared <laughs> <laughs> exactly so today's program was brought to you by emmy cheese makers of specialty cheese from Switzerland, crafted with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best-tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of Swiss Gruyere in the United States. But that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach cave-age cheeses, Appenzeller, Tete de Moine, and traditional Emmentaler. 
For more information, visit meusa.com. That's E-M-M-I-U-S-A.com. One of the interesting things that I was reading about your business also is, is the is the makeup of your workforce that um, it's mostly women, so 80% women. Yeah. And for yeah. those women, the work that they do for you accounts for pretty much a majority of their household income. And so with yes. through your company also, you're not just creating legacy for your family, but you're also enabling particularly women, to be able to support their families, probably educate, you know, children, um, helping create that economic, um, what do you want to call it? You know, helping them be self-sustaining. Yeah, breaking that cycle of poverty. Um, With many women, you see, one of the greatest, especially in this part of the world, at least, one of the greatest burdens they have is educating their their children, Mm -hmm. giving their children the best education. And, and I feel from my experience that that burden is heavier on women than men. And so when women see a channel through which they can make that dream come true for their children, they, they, they really sit down and they focus on that work that's making you know, that, that dream come true. So we do a lot in terms of empowering our women, training them, giving them opportunities. Uh, this year, for instance, we've launched um, a cooperative which basically invests in other businesses, um, which we can either set up or invest in. So it's a pool of fund that basically gives interest for all our staff to share over and above their salaries. Uh, Just because, you know, there's just, (laughs) I don't know, there's no end to the things that we kind of want for our families and want for our children. As a company, I just feel that we need to be so committed to our people. because you know it's 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 on the back of our people that we're building anything, any legacy or 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 so the, yeah. we, we need to build that legacy together, basically. Yeah. That's, um, that's, so that's incredible. Um, wow, that's incredible. Um, and then in that vein, or I guess separately too, um, I know that you either founded or a part of um an all woman board who invest also in like female farmers. Yes. Could you tell yes. us a little bit about that too? Like I'm interested. It's and I say this also for like a diaspora audience who like who maybe not who may not be um entrepreneurially minded, but may have like you know cash to spend or invest. Um okay. if there are opportunities to either invest through through an organization you have or even supporting your your business, just giving them information that will enable them to do that. Yeah. So I grow, I grow is something that I set up when, even before jam, um, I was very curious to, um, I was very interested in investing in the, in the agricultural value chain. And I, I just looked at how much I had on my own. I thought, you know, how far can this go? And I basically reached out to other women and said, listen, let's pull funds together. I, I believe very firmly in the concept of pooled resources, whether it's pooled funds for loans or pooled mm-hmm. um, knowledge, basically, um, or, or resources or whatever. And so I, I said to about five other women, let's pull our resources together. You know, if we have five, five, five times six, that's 30 or whatever, yeah. whatever multiple, if it's a hundred, if it's in the millions, whatever multiple it is, five becomes 30 when we're a pool. And then we invest that money into various things. So 
We invested in, you know, um, export of our vegetables to the UK. We did a few transactions Mm -hmm. and the the company has now become very quiet. It has actually now morphed into iGrowTrees, which is now focused on planting trees, basically. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, okay. Um, Cool. But it's, it's, it's interesting to me how, like, I actually even thought this was something that you thought about after Jam, but it's interesting no, how even was, before that, before. like, yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, iGro invested in Jam. iGro gave Jam a loan <laughs> because they saw how much fire mm-hmm. I was putting into Jam. They were just like, listen, <laughs> we need to put some of our funds in this thing. And so that happened, you know, and they got their interests, you know, and, and or we got our interests mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, cashed out that yeah cashed so out. I'm, I'm also now curious about uh the lessons you took from india and then because i've also like i remember back a, a few years ago like i went i went to brazil for a thing and we went to like you know factories and all of that it was all exciting and like interesting it's like oh how you know how can we when we come back to, you know, when we're back in Ghana, how can we, you know, implement some of this stuff? And it's just, it's a whole, even, even though India is also developing, it's just like a whole, in Brazil to, you know, BRICS or whatever, it's part of uh, emerging economies. It's just different in West Africa. And so yeah. you go to India, you know, you, you, you get that understanding of processing, um, distribution, I'm assuming marketing, all of that across the value chain. And then you come back to, um, to Nigeria, I'm wondering, like, how did you reconcile sort of the lessons you learned with the challenges of the of the ecosystem in Nigeria for this? You know, well, you know, you've said it that there there, there are so many parallels between India and Nigeria. Uh, there are so many places you go to in India, you feel like you're in Nigeria, really. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the factories I went to, some were very big, mm. some were medium, some were small. Um, so it was quite, I mean, but they were all bigger than what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was just, um, I remember, I remember very clearly, I grew, was trying to put money in the business before the trip. I said, mm. no, I need to go and um, see. Um, and I always say to people, it's really important what you feed your eyes with, because it really determines the extent to which you can dream. Yeah. Um, so if you've never seen it before, you don't really know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember even times when I've taken my women for training and maybe at the training, maybe I've engaged the people before and I understand sort of like the limiting words they say. I always say to them, discountenance any of those words because Mm -hmm. this is where we are going um so for me going there and seeing all that it was bigger um than what i was doing so it stretched me it stretched me to see how far um and how big i could make this business Mm -hmm. and i've seen even bigger things than what i saw in india and that that just kind of helped me to to not be small (laughs) because I knew I didn't I mean I didn't leave 
um, a, a, a decent business in media to come and do mom and pop shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I mean, I was out there to feed myself with everything <coughs> um, that could validate all of the my wildest dreams um, that I had for this business. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> India was amazing <laughs> because you know, it helps for me to create evidence, yeah. evidence for my wild dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I could step into and create basically. Great. And then that is a good segue into the Changing Narratives Africa Fellowship um, and sort of how that then is going to help propel your business further into like that vision that you have for it. So starting with just how you found out about the program and yeah, how did you find out about the program? Okay. So, you know, I've told you, I'm, I'm very big about like, well, maybe I haven't said that, but <laughs> women's networks. Oh, okay. I'm in so many different networks. And for me, the networks, what they are is they, they form a pool. Mm-hmm. So you have 10 women in, in this network, for instance. I mean, that's a small number. And these 10 women have 10 different opportunities that they throw in the pool so that each woman now has 10 opportunities to explore. Oh, cool rather than just the one that she would yeah. have had if she was sitting by herself. Yeah. Um, so this is just a note to people listening as well, you know, like <laughs> uh, it really helps to work, you know, in groups. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely must have first, um, I must have heard of it first from one of these groups. But what was really interesting is so many people sent it directly to me oh. saying this sounds like what is perfect for you because what changing narratives was saying is we're looking for export ready products that will do well on the international market Mm -hmm. and for me it was so beautiful that people shared these things with me and saying you are that person your product is that product that we see on international schools um basically (laughs) that's what that that was and so i applied and um yeah i went through several rounds of you Mm -hmm. know being shortlisted and 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 then getting that wonderful email saying um yeah and for me what was the attraction mm-hmm. export has always been big yeah. on my mind it's something i mean we've worked with nepc we've gone through a lot of training even gotten support to get us ready for um export capacity um and, and all of that um where we all know about what's going on with our our Naira and, you know, we all are trying to sort of earn that foreign currency because it's more stable um, and, and all of that. And so, so yeah, that's, that is my changing narrative story. (laughs) And what has, what has been your experience so far in terms of, um, because I believe it kicked off at the dwarves, I guess it's only been a few weeks, but what has been your experience so far and what do you anticipate taking away from it? Um, um yeah. the experience has been phenomenal, phenomenal. Um two major things have happened already. Well, maybe three. We've spoken to other Nigerians who are not don't even live here, live over there, mm-hmm. in either in the US or Canada, and they're they are pros- they are supplying their products to stores like Whole Foods and Targets and Walmart and, and things like that, which is what we all aspire to do. And then we had um, books by Seth Goldman, 
signed and sent to us. I I saw that. Um, Yeah. Founder of Honest Tea. I honestly like. I hope that somehow the universe gets him to listen to this because I desperately want him to be my mentor. Every single word in that book, it just felt like I wrote the book almost Mm. (laughs) in terms of, you know, doing business, like social impact work um, and just (laughs) everything. (laughs) And then we had the the call with him on Zoom. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I just love his mind. I loved his journey. And for me, I just felt like, okay, it's so great to see that there are other humans, you know, like yeah. this out yeah. in the world. So that was a huge highlight. Um, we already have a commitment from a retail chain in the US that wants to take um, the fellow's products. So we started um, that process already. I mean, even looking at the numbers and the projections, that's very exciting. And to think all of this is for free, it's just amazing. <laughs> that's great. That's phenomenal. You're right. The, word, the right word to use is phenomenal. That's that's yeah. amazing. Um, and, and for for those of us who straddle between sort of the diaspora and the continent, like, and I guess especially for me, I should say, like, I'm so jazzed to see, like, African food products on the shelves. Like, I see so many, like... And talking about ethnic food aisles, it's a separate conversation. But like when you go to the grocery store and you see the ethnic food aisle, I'm like, for a continent as big as as Africa and like <laughs> the variety of foods we have, we are so underrepresented. So Absolutely. I'm really excited to see um, how this grows, because this is just a inaugural class, right? And so I can only imagine with time, like what the impact of this will have. Um, for the industry going forward. Um, what, like one of my last questions for you, like I want to understand, you need to touch on it a little bit about like legacy and um, sort of the impact you have on, on women and, and helping your employees also buy into to, um, the success of, of JAM. Um, but if you could articulate it for us, like what's the big vision? What's what's next for you, I guess? And then what's sort of the really big picture vision you have for, for JAM as we wrap up here? Well, one of our next things is our coconut plantation. And for me, <laughs> oh, it's wow. a village, you know? Um, the vision is a coconut village of 500 hectares with a school and a, a clinic. Um, uh, factory mm-hmm. uh, uh, and a whole lot of women wow. what was this movie was was it was it Aquaman what movie was that with, with that island that had just a bunch of women just women on it one of these <laughs> Marvel movies yeah or was it oh. or was it DC I don't even know I can um, I can I'm not good at keeping track of which one is which <laughs> anyway um yeah, that that one. That, <laughs> so that, this island with all of these women, and so that that is like my vision to, mm. for you to come there and you see, you know, a place that is run by eighty percent women. Um, um, and awesome. yeah. yeah, so we're training women to to and basically empowering them as smallholder farmers mm-hmm. within the village, so that we can offtake from them and process the coconuts um, from there, and then you know ship out to the world. That is, that's the vision. That Ooh, way. I just, I just um, got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the vision. And I love, I love, um, 
I love vision boarding, you know, or visioning, mm-hmm. basically. And the more I sit, you know, in those visions, the more they come, yeah. they come alive. So, yeah, I really want to see a lot more women empowered. I know, I know what it means. Yeah. You know, I know the impact of a woman empowered mm-hmm. in terms of on her community, on her children. Yeah. Um, and being able to be a channel to see that happen would be such a privilege. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, of course, I, I want to see our products all over the world. <laughs> the um, but you know, yeah. this, is the, this is the backbone yeah. of how that's that. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know it will happen. I'm, yeah. I'm so confident that it will. That's yeah. amazing. Um, before we transition to the quick rapid fire questions, can you let people know where to find you online? So where can they buy your products? What's your social media website? Okay, so our Instagram, which is one of our most engaging platforms, is um, at Jam Coconut Foods. That's J-A-M-C-O-C-O-N-U-T-F-O-O-D-S, at Jam Coconut Foods on Instagram. And our website is www.jamcoconutfoods.com. On the website, you can click on there and purchase any of our products. Uh, The whole, you know, um, spectrum (laughs) of products is available there. The whole shebang, yeah. And I will include the links to both websites and social media handles um, on the show notes when, when this goes out. So so people can find can find you all on there. Okay, so to wrap up very quickly, we have these fun rapid fire segments that we do with all of our guests just to get a sense of who you are. Um, and it's like, don't think about it, just whatever comes first to mind so we'll just do a couple of these to to wrap up here um the first one is sweet or salty 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 you're not a sweet coconut when i think when you th- say sweet you're you're thinking artificial sweets not um, necessarily does it have to be really? artificial sweet Okay. Yeah, but I would say salty. I'm not a sweet tooth. Yeah. Okay. Salty. Um, and then coffee or tea? Oh gosh, that is so hard. (laughs) Oh, tea. Tea. Um, Yeah. And then (laughs) just like (laughs) (laughs) um, and then. But there is a wonderful thing I do with coconut milk and coffee. It's See, the bulletproof so coffee. I, I feel That's like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess the maybe the last about one is a Netflix show. What Netflix show are you watching? Would you recommend? Because I feel like that's a global platform that anybody can. What TV? Oh show? What show are you? What show? I, what, I like, must sound. I must sound like the worst person because. Let me tell you, I only watch TV in December. I'm just, I never have time to watch TV. Oh, but that, uh, interesting. Interesting. I probably yeah. watch too much TV. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I only watch. So last December, I binged on the entire Bridgerton series. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. What did I watch this December? I'm trying to remember. I go, oh, yeah. Okay. So I t- totally got into um, Ryan Reynolds. And oh. I saw this movie. Um, the, Red I know Notice, what you're. I think, I think, yeah, I yeah, Red Notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Notice. Yes, with um, The Rock too, right? Yeah, with The Rock and um, Gal. Um, 
yeah, I think I watched that. I watched a number of other things, but that comes to mind because <laughs> I, I, I'm totally, you know, into his whole style of marketing and all of that, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I, which I watch on YouTube as well. Um, I, I think it's super interesting. So yeah, yes, a media person. Cool. Well, that's it. We really <laughs> we landed on forty five minutes. <laughs> to, the, to the minute um thank you so much um you have an incredible impressive story i love um your vision to make an impact in the world especially through through women and women farmers um and i look forward to seeing how you know your business grows Thank you year so much. Year after year after year. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for your time and take, thank you for giving us some of your Friday. Thank you for listening to Item 13, an African food podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. To keep up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Item 13 Podcast. Item 13 is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.